lots going on with information about the possible PSYOP with the submersible. I did a previous episode on this on the podcast. Please listen to it to fill in the blanks. And lots going on with the Las Vegas alien encounter. If you have not been to HeroParanormal.com, please go there. You're able to get all of the content behind the paywall for the price of a boutique cup of coffee a month. You can also access all that content if you go to Patreon and search for Hero Paranormal. Also, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Unfortunately, there is an algorithm of control. The shadow ban is real, and it's the only way that my podcast can get out. I will most likely never be monetized due to a variety of reasons, but it would be a big favor to me if you like, share, and subscribe to Hero Paranormal on YouTube. So let's not mince words. Let's not waste time. Let's get right to this. Blast off in my time machine. Third eye feeling like it need visine. Blast off, blast off, blast off, blast off. Come blast off in my time machine. Third eye feeling like it need visine. Blast off, blast off, blast off, blast off. Okay, what's the psyop with a submersible? And uh, it has to do with lab-grown meat. Yeah, we, we don't like that stuff too much, and uh, it'd be sure nice to know if you were eating it, wouldn't it? Well, the FDA approved lab-grown meat six days ago. Seven days ago in restaurants. From what I understand, they approved a first-ever cell-cultivated meat for two American manufacturers. One of them is called Upside which will cultivate and sell chicken grown from animal cells in bioreactors. Now, the the other company is known as Good Meat. Both companies make lab-created meat products, and they've gotten approval from the FDA to start not only selling, but distributing, and of course, making these products. Why is this so important? Well, it happened right around the same time as the submersible. And when it comes to lab-grown meat, which may already be on the market, people for years have maintained that Kentucky Fried Chicken is not chicken anymore, and that's why they changed their name from Kentucky Fried Chicken to KFC. If you change your name to KFC and chicken is no longer in the name, then it's no longer possibly what you're selling, paving the way for these other companies to come through and do the same. Now, as it turns out, there is no need for these companies to tell anyone that it is lab-created meat. I find this fascinating because as consumers, we should be able to know what we are eating. And we don't. 
The U.S. Department of Agriculture and Food and Drug Administration have given green lights. And the meat is created from live stem cells taken from the muscle and skin of real live animals, which are then cultivated in a bioreactor, a process which emulates conditions in an animal's body and feeds the cell nutrients so that the substance can quote-unquote grow the meat. Now, I, it's pretty gross uh, when you actually watch how it's done. It, it's pretty disgusting. And it's going to be expensive. A pound of cell-cultured meat would cost possibly around $17. And I'm not sure how they plan on selling this, but it seems that nutritional information is not readily available on lab-grown meat. We just don't know exactly, you know, what this will do to people who eat it. There's no data. And by these standards, you know, maybe it's even better to eat fast food than some of this stuff because we don't know what we're eating. It's just, it's just sad. So it's a possibility that there was more media attention placed on the unfortunate submersible event. That submarine that went down where five people paid $250,000 each to look at the Titanic through a small porthole. It's very likely that a little extra media attention might have gone a long way. And... People are already standing with their hands out trying to cash in on that submarine going down. Many have come forward trying to poke holes, no pun intended, in the submarine owner's finances. And bizarre claims are being made that he bragged about using carbon fiber, which was not the best product to use on parts of the submarine and that it may in fact have been used, stress tested and not passed. Whether or not this is true, I don't think the answer is going to be found outside of a court of law. But the gentleman was definitely uh, someone with money. So of course, many have their hands out already. The lawsuits will surely ensue as is usually the case here in the United States of America, where lawsuits are the way to go. I mean, why not? It'll cover uh, cover not having to work, right? That's what most people want, so. Or work less. In fact, one furious family of one of the people on the Titan sub unleashed a ton of outrage. The family of British billionaire Hamish Harding one of the five missing above the Titan submersible, slammed Ocean Gate expeditions for allegedly delaying for eight hours to report that the vessel was missing. This, of course, goes hand in hand with upcoming lawsuits. Kathleen Cosnett, a cousin of the World Explorer, said that the private company took its time to contact officials after Titan vanished, less than two hours into its descent towards the Titanic shipwreck. Now, the outrage comes from reports that OceanGate did not reach out for emergency help until Sunday evening, 
eight hours after the submersible disappeared 900 miles east of Cape Cod. Coast Guard officials confirmed that they received word about the incident Sunday night after OceanGate conducted its own short search, but authorities did not specify how much time had elapsed since the disappearing. And for those unfamiliar with all of the symbolism, the esoteric symbolism, the coincidence of it taking place over the solstice, uh, the names of the people on board, the name of the actual submersible and how it relates to the Titanic. And of course, the strange case of multiple synchronistic coincidences present all at once, leading many to believe this may have been a psychological operation. I really want to go into all the ins and outs of this, but I already did so on a previous podcast. So if you can, please listen to that previous podcast and it will explain with extreme detail why many conspiracy theorists believe there is more to this submersible going down than meets the eye. Moving forward, there have been a lot, and I mean a lot, of updates regarding the alien encounter in Las Vegas. For those who are unaware of what took place, there was an hour known as, uh, well, it's basically the witching hour, April 30th to May 1st, May Day or Beltane, a time which historically and esoterically has been the time when witches and demonic entities make themselves visible. This particular event took place exactly at that time. This will become important later on. I know it's a little weird, but this hour and the time prior to this hour historically has been known as Walpurgis Night. There was a Saint Walpurga who was known for being able to protect the citizenry from these demonic forces, and it got that name because Beltane, which is May 1st or May Day, is one of the special religious days of the elite, especially those who believe in many of these ancient rites. We'll get to that. This, this will all make sense, so it's important to get this weirdness out of the way. So this family had a couple members in the backyard, a large backyard, which is used to house a lot of machinery and other items, and a couple of members, younger members of the family, uh, one was named Angel and his brother, apparently were in the backyard, or at least got eyes on what appeared to be a craft landing in the backyard and two large eight to 10 foot tall alien looking creatures wandering around the backyard. Now for the updates and some of the details, because let's get real. The devil is in the details. Here they come. What we know for sure. Something went down. Police body cams caught it on camera. It has been rumored that it was just a meteor by many. However, that may be a, a cover. I'm not entirely sure. Many people saw it, and apparently this family believes this object landed in their backyard. So Angel and his brother got eyes on these things, claim they were 8 to 10 feet tall, 
and that the moment they started to look at and walk towards the craft, they encountered what can only be described as cloaking. They couldn't really, there was a blurriness about the vehicle, and they couldn't really see things in tip-top form. Interestingly, he also mentions that time seemed to slow down. They were slowly, you know, held in place a little bit, like uh, molasses paralyzation. These are my own words, not his. But yeah, that um, there was a bit of that effect. We hear that often with other encounters involving non-human intelligences. So this is not a shocker. Moving forward, this is something that has been known to take place, and there is science behind it. There is something called uh, negative mass tomography, among other sciences, which could explain how some of these things can take place, especially if it was a reverse-engineered craft or, quote-unquote, one of ours. And that brings me to the next very important subject matter, which is many in the field have argued back and forth, is it one of ours or is it one of quote-unquote theirs, meaning non-human intelligence? Well, something people have really not wrapped their head around is that it may be a joint operation, and I'll get to that. So we have the craft landing, purported craft. We have the two entities in the backyard. Angel and his brother see them. There has been some footage released. I recently released the clearest footage yet, um, which was found online. It's in 1080. Uh, why there's so much blurry footage on other sites, it, you know, in my opinion, it's actually to steer the direction and narrative in ways that they shouldn't be steered. Uh, the blurrier the footage, the more interpretation can take place. The more it's spread far and wide, the more crazy theories come about. But if you stick to the clear footage and analyze what's actually taking place, a lot of people say they don't see anything. However, there are some telltale signs of high strangeness. The family, especially the men, which many of them are armed, which they tend to have each other's backs and decided to go into the backyard to... uh, get a good look at whatever these entities were in the footage that has been released. It's obvious they are very scared, very frightened. And these are full grown men, very apt, some young, some old, little bit older, but you know, for, to see men who are armed get scared like that, that goes, that goes a long ways for me. That, that paints a picture that is important. Now, The psychological operation aspect of this has gone far and wide because although this took place on the night of April 30th into May 1st, this was not released for almost 28 days later, which as we all know, 28 days seems to be the agreed upon amount of time that it takes for something to clean itself up, get better on its own, the removal of evidence, uh, whatever you want to call it, most (laughs) 28 days is well known as a good period of time to wipe the slate clean and start over. This particular story was not released by the mainstream media for roughly 28 days. 
Therefore, it's more difficult to follow. More importantly, it was released at the same time that disclosure whistleblowers in Washington, D.C. were testifying to Congress. And this was a big deal because this was expecting to get the lion's share of media attention, of which it got none. Of which it got none. Instead, this Las Vegas alien encounter seemed to soak up all of the media attention, distract away from government and corporate whistleblowers talking about extraterrestrial, non-human intelligence craft and reverse engineered objects, possibly propulsion systems that are maintained by U.S. military contractors, and the likelihood that military contractors also currently have these craft in their possession, up to 12 from my understanding. All very important stuff. Some of this was done publicly. Much of it was done behind closed doors in uh, a more secretive sense. But we have a bait and switch scenario, a big distraction taking away from these whistleblowers who are putting it out all, all out on the line and uh, talking about things that they previously were not allowed to talk about due to non-disclosure agreements and many other characteristics that uh, involved their occupations. So, huge media distraction if, in fact, it is a psychological operation to distract from this other scenario, in which case it would be more understandable why so much time lapsed between the actual event and when this came out in the media. Back to the event. The family called the police, 911. There was a hectic 911 call, and it is all over the internet if you want to hear it. Angel is the one speaking over the phone. He describes the entities very well. Police show up. Close to 38 minutes later, they had very verified the body cam footage, which also showed this bluish-white object falling from the sky. And uh, they kind of already had their hairs on their neck up, and uh, they, they were up in a bunch, let's just say, and a little bit on edge. They were a little bit on edge going into that backyard. Now, one of the officers went into the, the backyard. The other officer went around and talked to other people in the area, neighbors and the like. I'm not sure the protocol of that. Some have said that is not the norm. When the officer went in the backyard, he turned off his body cam footage and claimed that that was for the privacy of the family. Now, we've all watched cops. We've all seen them kick down fences, kick down doors, go through people's homes with reckless abandon. I'm not sure if privacy was actually the fundamental reason that that body camera was turned off. What I do know, phone calls were made after this 911 call, and one of those phone calls was to Nellis, the military base, of which they claimed they had no idea and had no knowledge of the object. It is alleged that other calls left Nellis and went to other 
military intelligence operations, of which I cannot comment. What I can comment on is that sources have clarified that there was radar telemetry data, which was gathered from these other unnamed parties. In my opinion, these sources were so good, in fact, that I ran with the information as well as another individual. So much, in fact, that I got my boat out of the garage, got it all ready. This other person drove across state lines, and we went out in the direction of the telemetry data, which was Lake Mead. I won't say what two locations were mentioned. However, that will come into play because of interesting ancient archaeological sites which may be present there. A remote viewing group was also asked by myself to view what may have taken place that night through controlled remote viewing, zero front loading, if you know what I'm talking about, and just a target sequence. What was found by the remote viewers is that there was a subterranean cave in Lake Mead underwater, which was relevant to the case. I went out to Lake Mead with the boat, spent an entire day out there, and uh, I did talk about this with News Nation, discussing what direction the craft may have gone after it purportedly left the backyard of the family who had the alien encounter. Multiple witnesses around Lake Mead mentioned there was heightened military activity along its shoreline and that much of the evening military vehicles seemed to be looking for something. Getting back to what was found by myself and another researcher at Lake Mead, as I said, we spent the entire day out there. We went to the two locations, which we were told to track, and we found some things. We did find some things. And to be honest, um, nothing out of the extremely, you know, mind-blowing smoking gun out of the ordinary. We saw, <clears throat> we saw some things, though. Keep in mind, a lot of time has passed. I won't comment on everything we saw, however... It is important to note that when the Army Corps of Engineers built Lake Mead, there were rumors of an ancient civilization or city or relics of uh, ancient culture down in the canyon that was to be filled with the water. I can attest that looking into this, it appears there is something to it. Getting back to the family, there is also a rumor, and I can't verify it. Ex I can't verify the exact information yet, that the family's phones were tapped by federal agents. The reason, and again, I cannot verify the validity of all of these aspects, but to give a little background, the reason the family's phones may have been tapped is because information lends itself that the goal in this purported project is to create an organization called the quote-unquote Special Studies Group, an overt agency responsible for the recruitment of certain scientists to assist the Institute 
for Advanced Study in Research and Development of Advanced Propulsion Technology. So basically, this would become a matter of national security really quick. And we have already gained information that it is a matter of national security. In fact, Officer Sasha Larkin of Homeland Security was involved with the case and put cameras, which have been spoken of all over online, on the family's house. These were cameras to surveil not only the property, but also they had audio. And from what I understand, these cameras were left up for a while, then taken down before this became a mass media frenzy on the family. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. The reality is you would believe, or I would believe, that the cameras would be put up if the family was in danger of a lot of people coming over to their house, the security of their home, you know, people uh, constantly going over and bothering the family. That's when the cameras should have been put up. Unfortunately, that's not how it went down. These cameras were put up after the incident occurred, left up for a little while, and taken down quite a while before this story leaked onto the media. Now, here's what I know. There is a detective named Mark Barry, who is a former Las Vegas Metro Police Gang Unit officer. Great guy. He, among others, noted that these cameras were up and realized that the one who put them up, her name is Sasha Larkin, who is in charge of the Homeland Security Division of the Las Vegas Metro Police Department, that this may have not been, uh, how do we put this, to protocol, right? And Mark would know because Mark trained her. Now, this gets extremely complex, and I have to be very careful here because people's lives are at stake. However, uh, there was some talk that she might be in some sort of trouble over this situation. However, due to some personal relationships, which may come out, it won't be out of my mouth, um, that she has maintained that uh, there will not be any kind of reprimanding or uh, any trouble to speak of. Again, you won't hear it from me, but it will surely come out. The chain of command has shown me, my sources have shown me that this information will come out. It's an unfortunate state of events and state of affairs because I have, uh, well, I just don't like talking badly about people. It's going to happen. It'll come out. When it does, just know that I knew what was taking place at the time. I just don't want to ruin anybody's life or have anything come out of my mouth, which will detract from anybody's employment, livelihood, or reputation. I think those are important things to cause no harm. However, back to the cameras, because it really doesn't matter. The important thing here is the cameras. And the cameras may have been put up against protocol. That's the point of my... Uh, the, the point of all of this, and they may have been taken down for unknown reasons. I've heard rumors that they were put up to here, 
more or less in a simplified mode what exactly was going on. You know, hey, maybe we catch the family talking about this being a big uh, joke. Maybe it wasn't real. I don't believe that was the case. And um, the cameras served their purpose. The cameras are a big deal, though. And we'll get back to that because Homeland Security getting involved, putting cameras up to quite literally spy on a family, that's a big deal. And, um, you know, is it possible that there was some embellishment on the story? You know, when friends come over afterwards, sure, that's human nature. But the story, for the most part, never changed from all the data I have received. Never changed. Uh, it's, it's like playing a game of telephone. It may get bigger, crazier, and, and wilder, and you may be more comfortable talking about it as time passes. However, a real event took place. Something the cameras did not catch is these strange chalk beings, which Angel has come forward showing on video. These are drawings that were drawn on the patio, found at the home, after the encounter with the craft and the two non-human intelligences or entities in the backyard. What these appear to be, in my opinion, are fallen angels. Uh, They have wings of sorts. They're very crude, almost petroglyph-style drawings, and large and interesting. And I think this may play a deeper role into this case as time goes by. This is one of the main things people have debunked, made fun of, chastised the family over. And I argue that if you were going to make a drawing to uh, appear to be something that possibly the entities drew, you would do a lot better job. This stuff looks like it was done by I, I mean, I have two toddlers. It looks like it was done by two toddlers. However, I don't know exactly how non-human intelligences or entities from the cosmos draw. So I have no place to talk about that. I'm not a subject matter expert when it comes to chalk drawing by non-human intelligence. I think this is something to take very seriously, and it's something that not only has been swept under the rug, made fun of, The family's been chastised over, but surely this is something that more attention should have been paid to. Personal opinion here, nothing more, nothing less. I mean, to this family, these creatures were very real. In fact, so real that after the initial sighting, the family did go in the house and started a prayer circle. While this prayer circle was taking place, They heard footsteps, multiple footsteps, on the roof of their home. This is important because this is exactly the way a poltergeist situation, fallen angels, demonic entities, and the like would engage and interact with observers. Keep in mind this took place at the witching hour between Walpurgis Night and Beltane. And don't tell me the esoteric aspects don't add up because... There's only two hours in the entire year which these entities are said to uh, display themselves in ways that are more obvious than the rest. And this was one of those hours. The other would be at the other end of the calendar, which is Halloween. 
I'm sure if this happened on Halloween, people would be crying foul, making all kinds of jokes, and truly delving down the rabbit hole of the esoteric. However, because it happened on the second hour, which is the hour between Walpurgis Night and Beltane, apparently uh, not as big a deal. However, historically, esoterically, it's equally large and just as big a deal as ever. Now, the two brothers who encountered what they could only talk about as the slowing down of time, this, uh, this can happen. And there are military contractors who have purportedly reverse-engineered technologies, propulsion systems, and the like, and they have been rumored to have this sort of energy weaponry. Go out on a limb with me, because possibly... For lack of a better word, it's been called many things. It has something to do with the quantum tomography of negative energy states in a vacuum that can be used to slow the time down at the time, or at least particular moments, the two entities were observed. Keep in mind, it is alleged and purported this is reversed engineered technology. So it may be more advanced than any of the random things I am saying as well. I could be barely scratching the surface with this information because it may just be the watered-down human version of the same technology and hardly as advanced as what took place. Keep in mind that many alien encounters end in missing time, where time is not only slowed down but completely stopped and vacant, gone, poof, disappears. So how far-fetched is it to just kind of slow it down a little bit? You know, missing time is a lot bigger deal. They just uh, said it slowed down a little bit. I believe their exact words is they were kind of frozen in time or paralyzed in a particular way. That's not the exact verbiage, but I hope you get the idea. Now, the technologies that I've mentioned may or may not even be important to the record, If this is, in fact, a completely non-human intelligence and the entities encountered in this alien experience were from other cosmologies or dimensions. If that's the case, then we're talking about advanced technologies that humans would know very little of. And as I said before, it would be like giving a cell phone to a Neanderthal and seeing how they use it. Our technology and the way that we reverse engineer, quote unquote, their technology are completely different things. It is very likely that a Neanderthal would use a cell phone as a flashlight, when in reality it has capacities that far surpass that usage. Now, getting back to Homeland Security being interested in this family's ordeal and interested in the surveillance of this backyard and area in general, as I said before, I will not be the one to um, let the cat out of the bag when it comes to the interpersonal relationships taking place between Sasha Larkin and uh, others within the Las Vegas Metro Police Department. I have heard that uh, other podcasters will be coming out with that information, possibly even later tonight. You may hear it on the Doug Papa 
podcast tonight, or possibly even the Linda Moulton Howe Earth Files episode coming out later tonight. Although I've had this information for quite some time and known the ins and outs related to it since the alien encounter first made media headlines, I gave my word to one of my sources that I would not come out with that information and I will stand by my word. My word is my bond and I take my sources very seriously. So I guess the point of all that is I will not be the one releasing that particular information. However, it will be very important information to consider in the overall scenario and intricacies of this case. Now, if the two entities which were witnessed in the backyard by Angel and his brother are in some way, shape, or form reverse-engineered entities, this brings us back to what we discussed at the beginning of the podcast. They were, quite literally, lab-grown meat. And where did this technology come from? Where did people learn how to uh, create meat out of thin air in a lab through a biological reactor? Isn't it possible that this is, in fact, done on what is known as organic robotoids? These are entities which were rumored to exist since the 1950s through a variety of technological advances and a lot of information which has spilled onto the conspiracy scene by people who were very, very well respected. When they came out with the information about organic robotoids, they lost a ton of credibility. However, organic robotoids seem to be something very real, at least in essence. Which brings me to a very important story I heard from someone who I guess could be called a whistleblower, someone who wants nothing to do with being out in the public realm. Very important that I maintain their anonymity. Um, an individual who works in the San Diego area and was called for HVAC purposes to work at a subterranean location along that coastline. I won't go into detail about what particular military facility it was at, although I know that I have in the past and some may already know. However, he was asked to go with his team and deal with an HVAC problem, an HVAC issue with the ventilation in an underground laboratory. This individual is not a conspiracy theorist. In fact, he has nothing to do with it and wants nothing to do with it, could care less about UFOs or anything conspiracy, paranormal, or any anything like that at all. He was just on a job. And he went down with his team. He said they went down quite a ways, very deep. And as they exited the elevator, they were told to keep their eyes straight ahead, not ask any questions, and just Give them a bid to complete the job and do so as soon as possible. As they were guided through this laboratory setting by armed military personnel, they did, in fact, look to the side and see what appeared to be humans, however different. They were in large containers, see-through plexiglass of sorts, possibly real glass, I'm unsure, but see-through glass-like containers with semi-viscous clear fluid bubbling up around them. There were multiple entities or beings, biologicals, in these tubes or containers uh, along the sides of the laboratory. 
And when they got to the location, we're told what the situation was with the ventilation system. We're asked to give a bid and price, etc. The first thing this individual said is, hey, I got to know. He's quite into fitness. Uh, pretty swole, if you know what I mean. Pretty pretty much in shape individual. And he said that these, these, these biologicals were fairly good shape. And so he asked, he said, are those humans back there? And the person all said, Hey, you guys aren't supposed to ask about any of that. But what I can tell you is no, not really. So that brings us to the possibility of organic robotoids, lab grown meat. We're back on the lab grown meat. And if you want to have an interesting Google search, Google organic robotoids, apparently with very similar technology, the DNA and stem cells of a living entity, then placed in a biological reactor, there is a chemical transformation which takes place, however, non-sentient. So it does not have, for example, a soul or a, per. you know, it's not, it's, it does not have the consciousness of the individual. There's something missing. However, it is organic. It is very much meat. It is very much alive. It's lab-grown meat. So if this is a counterintelligence psychological operation that was utilized to distract from whistleblowers in Washington, what better way to do so? Not only that, there's no one better to fly some of these craft than non-human entities that are lab created and grown in facilities. You're not going to get any of the lawsuits. Uh, if the thing goes down, they are quite literally drones, you know, worker bees, things that will do the job and you don't have to deal with any of the complications of human interaction with some of these materials. We don't know what the jobs are, but the jobs may include things that are highly dangerous. And that brings me to the next possibly most important section. And that is the household itself. We know that the home was recently changed hands. Okay, I'll, that's as far as I'll go there, even though I do know who owns the home, in what capacity, um, when it changed hands, etc., etc. What I can tell you is this. There are two very interesting containers in the backyard of the property. One of the containers has numbers on the top of it, and you can view that from Google Earth or um, from any of the footage released by KLAS or other news media outlets. Now, upon closer investigation in the backyard, I noticed that these containers, one in particular, are very much different than your standard container. In fact, it's not 100, I'd, I've got to be careful here. I've got to be very careful here because this may be uh, something that I regret saying. Anyway, let's stick, with, let's stick with the facts and I don't want to go into everything I know, but these containers are not your average containers. What is inside these containers? We don't know. And is it not possible that something in a container could technically draw a non-human intelligence into a backyard. Not only that, but there was plenty of room to land. What better place to land than a large backyard 
where there are containers and vehicles and the center is cleared so you have a landing place. I know if I was having car trouble, I look for a spot on the road that has a turnoff. Maybe this is just a turnoff and a place where um, the ease and capacity of landing lended itself to the location. Let's get back to the demonic aspect of this, even though there will be more, I promise, coming from this whole backyard scenario. And um, the demonic aspect of this, Angel recently came forward giving information that in his opinion, when asked what his feelings were when he saw these entities, he said they seemed demonic. As I mentioned before, the family went inside, they did a prayer circle, they uh, heard what sounded like footsteps on the roof of the home. It acted very much like a demonic entity, um, triggering fear, archonically engaging with the family which had observed them, and acting very maliciously, malevolently. And in true form to that particular hour, that witching hour, that is on both ends of the calendar, Halloween and Beltane. So we have an interesting mix in the record here. They acted demonically. He believed they looked demonically, and they gave him a feeling, a demonic feeling, regardless of what news media outlets, researchers, and independent investigators are saying. I think there's something to this. Now, keep in mind that the family maintains that a couple of sergeants, quote-unquote, came in from the uh, LVMPD, the Las Vegas Metro Police Department, and put up cameras in a capacity that was against protocol. That's not something that is done on a routine basis. This is not the type of thing that takes place day-to-day. There has to be a security threat of some form or another for this to take place, especially from a Homeland Security Department head. So that's exactly what took place, and we know that now. This will all slowly tie together as time goes on, I promise you. And there is more coming. So not usual. This is not protocol. This is not usual behavior for the Las Vegas Metro Police Department to do this sort of thing in a homeland security capacity. And it's also not protocol to take it down without reason. Once once you put it up, you're going to leave it up. When it comes to the genre of criminalistics, this is the way it works. You, you get that permission to put it up, you're going to keep it up until you have answers. Of course, what we have are more questions than answers when it comes to the officers, not only originally on the scene, the ones that went in and uh, were dealing with these far-fetched claims at the time. They obviously took what was called in very seriously. One of them went back into the backyard. And the reality is, depending on the sources and where your information is coming from, I've got a few sources with a mixed bag of information. Some are claiming there may be a reason that body cam was turned off as they went into that backyard. What that reason is, is going to take a little time to get to the bottom of. 
the good thing is this seems to be the time when a lot of experts, sources, and people are coming forward with information. Not only information in events, but even political information like Marco Rubio recently coming out. It seems that there are uh, just droves of people coming forward and talking about this subject. UFOs, alien craft, and military contractors reverse engineering these technologies are no longer as taboo as they used to be. In fact, I predict in the next few hours, days, and weeks, we are going to see more people coming forward with information that is relevant not only to this case, but to the generalized topic of UAP and non-human intelligence. Multiple sources of mine are saying that there is more information and credible information as well as credible sources coming down the pipe. Although I can't get into the data, verified communications with uh, Kirkpatrick have verified that at least two dozen individuals have secretly come forward and more are coming. The file is growing. Now, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick is the lead on Arrow, which stands for the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office at the United States Department of Defense. In my opinion, the most intriguing and provocative things that are being discussed are the very real observations of metallic orbs much like the ones seen and captured in the Uinta Basin of Utah. I have multiple pictures on game cameras, etc., other devices as well, at Space Wolf Research Base Camp in the Uinta Basin of Utah. And these metallic orbs, for lack of a better word, many are small, smaller than you would expect, making extraordinary maneuvers. These unidentified anomalous phenomena are of importance to key defense department officials. And, you know, these images have been on the internet far and wide, to be sure. This is not only limited to the Uinta Basin of Utah. And these spheres are being witnessed and observed worldwide. Intriguingly, these sphere spherical objects are capable of flight at a range of velocities. They can move very slow, or like molasses, or from stationary to twice the speed of sound, almost too fast to see. I've captured two intriguing videos of these uh, spherical orbs, metallic spherical objects, interacting with two Chinook helicopters. As many know, the Chinook is a very advanced, um, originally a military aircraft. These have been very frequent in the Uinta Basin currently and uh, the last month or so. Now, these perplexing videos show these spherical objects interacting with these Chinook helicopters, which these are helicopters that have double sets of blades where the back blade goes timed perfectly through the flying space of the front blade and um, very advanced, very advanced helicopters. 
However, these spherical objects provocatively show their advanced spaceflight aerial maneuvers by interacting with these Chinook helicopters. In fact, one is so fast that it goes between the rear blade of one of the helicopters as it's flying. The other one goes by at an extreme velocity. And neither of these two metal UAP would have been seen in the slightest if I had not slowed down the footage frame by frame. It took forever, but that's what I started to do. And go figure, when you're dealing with something that's going twice the speed of sound, you have to do that to even observe it. I will post both of those videos. They're very short clips, but I will post both of those videos very clear on the YouTube channel, Hero Paranormal, one and two, and I will also post both of those videos at Space Wolf Research Facebook page so that they can be witnessed by listeners, anybody out there. Let's make this clear that some of these highly anomalous characteristics are being observed via multiple sensors. So motion sensors go off, cameras engage, and, you know, Many times I've wondered, you know, why are these cameras going off? There must, there's nothing here. There's nothing going on. Delete. There's nothing here. Delete. There's nothing here. Delete. Over and over again. Only recently have I thought to myself, hold on a minute. Camera went off due to a motion sensor. Let's slow the footage down and see if anything can be gathered from it. Go figure. Objects exhibiting characteristics strikingly similar to those being disclosed, are in the Uinta Basin of Utah. I'm not saying they're not everywhere else on the planet, but 100% they are in the Uinta Basin of Utah. Now, I've heard of different spheres, dark colored, uh, clear, metallic, and some of these objects are interacting with things that I don't understand. They're inexplicable. Um, Sometimes the uh, motion sensor goes off and a still image is gathered and that may be very blurry or a video may be gathered and it might be very blurry. In fact, it's rare that even though the cameras are high end, it is rare that you get crystal clear footage as the camera is designed. Most often you get blurry footage. But in these two cases, these two clips that I will put on YouTube, these are outdoor cameras. This was filmed outside, and so there might be specks of dust and stuff like that on the camera, but the images and the video are clear. Uh, keep that in mind. So although the air crew of the Chinook helicopter may or may not have been privy to what was taking place, these two UAP were definitely showing their advanced aerial capacity compared to to this amazing military aircraft. I, uh, I don't know why. Maybe they were just playing around. They do seem to be very curious, very trickster in nature, very able and apt to show off. So when Lou Elizondo and others 
say that, yes, although these things aren't attacking us per se, they are a threat. I see why. There is a threat when you have a metallic UAP flying through the blades of a Chinook helicopter. I mean, the speed that that requires and the advanced technology is astounding. One slight miscalculation, and that helicopter may have been affected. So it's in our airspace. And I think because of that, a lot more is going to be coming. Until next time, keep your eyes to the skies, feet on the ground, but don't forget to take a look around. Off in my time machine, third eye feeling like it need visine. Blast off, blast off, blast off, blast off. Come blast off in my time machine, third eye feeling like it need visine. Blast off, blast off, blast off.